for what I've seen, the people who had this up have been from Atlanta, but this issue is far bigger than Atlanta. This issue is a problem that spans this country and this nation. And even as we see with the police making allegations that are unfounded, that over and over again historically have been shown to be proven to be untrue later, we can see that they're not really a trustworthy source because they work for their interests instead of the people's interests. Welcome to Kite Line, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on Kite Line, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. A 31-year-old Rikers Island inmate named Mary Yehuda died Wednesday after overdosing on drugs at the Rose M. Singer Center, the women's jail commonly known as Rosie's. She is the fifth Rikers Island detainee to die this year. She was a kind, loving, intelligent person invested in her recovery. She was focused on her future of giving back to the community. It's devastating that someone who is so young and had experienced so much trauma has died in custody. She was hopeful for her future, said Tahani Dunn of the Bronx Defenders, which represented Yehuda. Yehuda spent much of her youth growing up in foster care and was homeless by 13. She struggled with substance abuse and homelessness, Dunn said, adding that Yehuda had worked hard at recovery with little support. Yehuda's brother was killed in the Bronx in March 2020. It really is a travesty and we need to figure out how to do better as a society and as a community to stop these deaths in custody, Dunn said. Advocates said, Yehuda's death is the first involving a detainee at the jail commonly known as Rosie's since Laylene Polanco died in June 2019 after an epileptic seizure in solitary confinement. 17 corrections officers faced discipline for breakdowns in preventing Polanco's death. Yehuda's death comes one day after the city submitted a plan to a Manhattan federal judge detailing how the Corrections Department will regain control of Rikers Island. Federal prosecutors have said they're mulling over a court request for outside leadership to take over the chronically dysfunctional jails. The deaths of three other Rikers inmates this year that preceded Yehuda's each involved staffing breakdowns where correction staff either was not doing required rounds or simply was absent from the units when the detainees went into medical distress. The fourth Rikers inmate to die this year, 25-year-old Deshaun Carter, arrived at the jail without a mental health designation, noting he'd been on suicide watch just last year, according to records. Carter hanged himself in his cell in general population on May 7th. 16 inmates died in city custody last year. This week on Kite Line, we return to Atlanta's proposed Cop City, a police training facility set to be built over a vast urban forest. People from across the city and the country have been organizing against its construction, which would make it the largest police training facility in the country. 
People have been organizing protests in the streets, call-in campaigns, and holding down an ongoing occupation in the forest itself. First, we hear a statement from an indigenous organizer about the impact such a facility would have. Afterwards, we share a press conference that was called earlier this week by the Atlanta Solidarity Fund in response to a violent police raid on the occupation. Even before that, at a demonstration last Saturday, peaceful protesters were brutally arrested. As you'll hear one Atlanta resident say, they feel this is an attempt to demoralize a vibrant and diverse movement that's led by local community members against the replacement of the largest urban tree canopy in the United States by the largest police training compound in the United States. Here they are. My name is Jamon Colonel, and I'm here in the Willana Forest, which is just outside of the city of Atlanta in the state of Georgia. It was only a few months ago that I stood in this forest, reintroducing this natural world to my presence. I spoke my name and my clan lineage in our ancestral language in order that this natural world would know what right I had to stand upon this earth mother. I sang songs in my ancestral language and I introduced my children to this forest and showed them the territorial domains where our ancestors thrived and from which they were violently removed from. I assisted in the first of many migrations of Muscogee people back to our homelands in hopes of educating our people that it even exists and we have a right to walk upon them and live as we see fit. But I am here also in hopes of educating others of how to exist in this world, how to exist in harmony and balance with all of creation and all of its diversity, reminding us that violence in all of its many forms only eliminates the energy of life found in all. What is happening now in the Wilona forest and also in the rest of the world is violence. Extractive industries and political entities are continuing to lead the way in perpetuation of this violence in this country and abroad. The destruction of one tree in violence impacts all of life. The desecration of one waterway can have harm to every member of this world. The so-called construction of a militarized facility to train paramilitary forces is violent. Its impact on the suffering our communities locally and potentially across the world is unmeasurable. It must stop before more harm even takes place. Today, I stand in solidarity with land defenders and allies who are working, petitioning, and acting at every level to end this violence. I stand in solidarity with those who have recognized the dangers of this facility and are working to speak the truth. I was taught by my elders to act accordingly with the interest of those lives yet to come to this world in mind in all of my actions. My hope is that they will not have to suffer. I pray that this forest will still be intact when I am able to make footprints upon it once again, footprints that lay over those of my ancestors who walked here for millennium after millennium. I call upon all persons to join this movement in hopes that our children may live in peace and harmony for generations to come. Mado. This is a press conference that's been called by the Atlanta Solidarity Fund to respond to um, recent police aggression and repression against the protesters who've been organizing and doing activism against the police training facility that's been dubbed Cop City. We're going to be hearing from a number of people from different perspectives connected to that campaign. First, we're going to hear from Ashley, a community member who was arrested on Saturday during a protest march against Cop City. Hi, my name is Ashley Dixon and I'm with Surge, showing up for racial justice. 
I came here today to speak about my arrest last Saturday when peacefully protesting the Atlanta Police Department's attempts to turn 300 acres of forest into a militarized tactical training compound featuring a mock city for police. All we want to do was make our voices heard about no cop city and let people know that this is not how we want the resources of our city to be spent. That we already know that the people of this city, including poor and black communities most directly impacted by police violence, have asked time and time again to divert that funding from policing and incarceration towards housing, health care, and mental health care, and other services that are desperately needed by our community. Our event was friendly and beautiful, with neighbors coming out of their house with their children, smiling and dancing to the music and joining our peaceful resistance. Police attacked without warning, attacking some people with tasers, tackling some folks to the ground, and we were all terrified. The police of Atlanta are completely out of control. Even here today, I heard that at least 30 police cars and a SWAT team are harassing and arresting peaceful protesters in the forest. It is unbelievable that a city with such rich civil rights history, peaceful protesters still today have to undergo these kinds of violent attacks by the police. I feel like it is not safe to protest in Atlanta, but we will continue to protest and fight for the right to have our voices heard. I would like to invite the people of Atlanta to visit defendtheatlantaforest.com and join us and let the police know that political repression will not stop this movement. It will only grow it. Thanks. Uh, so now we're gonna hear from BP, an artist and community organizer who was also arrested uh, at the protest march on Saturday. Hello, I'm BP. Um, I showed up uh, here to support the work being done of Fight Toxic Prisons and Overthrow Media. Um, when I showed up Saturday, like people had said, it was a very peaceful protest. People uh, bringing light to what was happening here. And when we actually came to an end, then I saw how the police came in aggressively just tackling people without warning. And when I went to videotape, then they, in response, tackled me and it shows how much they, how little they value the voices of the people that are going through this struggle that they're um, compromising. They don't care about people's freedom of speech. They don't care about the abuses that they do to us. And it shows that the police do not deserve a budget in the first place when they can't abide by the own laws that they claim to enforce and instead violate that on the people they say they're supposedly sworn to protect. And it, this is, we could talk about the whole train of police, but that's for another time. All right, thanks. Uh, my name is Marlon Kautz, and I'm a representative from the Atlanta Solidarity Fund. Uh, we're an organization um, which supports uh, social movements that are standing up for causes they believe in and tries to prevent and discourage repression of free speech protest activity. Um, obviously, when we saw um, and heard about what had happened to protesters on Saturday, we were very concerned um, uh, to relate some of the facts of the, um, the police operation on Saturday. Um, there was a uh, protest march called for against the Cop City Police Training Facility um, that converged in Freedom Park um, on Saturday afternoon. It marched peacefully through the Little Five Points and Inman Park neighborhoods for about an hour. Um, and as it uh, dispersed uh, again peacefully in the park, 
um, Georgia State Police officers as well as Atlanta police officers surrounded the march uh, and began indiscriminately arresting people with extreme force. Uh, people were tackled to the ground, tasers were deployed, um, journalists were arrested, people who just happened to be walking in the park and had nothing to do with the demonstration were arrested. Um, it was very clear that police were not engaging in an operation to enforce the law, um, but were rather trying to suppress uh, a protest movement that they disagreed with. Uh, the justification that officers gave on the scene for why these arrests had to be made was that protesters had been walking in the roadway and protesters were charged with pedestrian and roadway as their only charge. Make no mistake, the police operation on Saturday was not about enforcing the law. It was not about keeping our communities safe. It was about repressing legitimate political speech simply because that political speech opposes the agenda that the Atlanta Police Department has, which is to build a militarized police training facility on the land behind us. Um, so with that said, I'm gonna pass it on to Devin Franklin, who is uh, the, on the Movement Policy Council with the Southern Center for Human Rights. It is a very tragic and sad poetic irony that brings us here today. As a congregation of peaceful protesters spoke up against um, the expansion and the militarization of the police state. What we have seen over the past few days is the use of police force and militarization to suppress constitutionally protected speech. I am Devin Franklin. I am Movement Policy Council with the Southern Center for Human Rights. Uh, my organization has partnered with the Atlanta Solidarity Fund and Atlanta Jail Support uh, to provide representation to those people who have been arrested unjustly and unlawfully um, in the exercise of their First Amendment rights. We have been engaged in this work since the summer of, 20, since the summer of 2020. Uh, since that point in time, we have seen a pattern um, of action, of force, by the Atlanta Police Department to arrest and create charges um, as it applies to those persons who are engaging in the act of speech that they do not agree with. Um, we saw with the Black Lives Matter movement, we saw with the protests involving George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey. In addition to coordinating representation for those protesters, we have rallied community support to call on the Atlanta Solicitor's Office and the Fulton County DA's Office, as well as the City of Atlanta Municipal Courts. Um, one thing that I think is very important to understand, as we saw upwards of 15 people arrested um, on Saturday, I believe there were at least five to 10 arrests today um, for charges such as pedestrian and roadway disorderly conduct in a park. <laughs> a number of those charges have historically been dismissed because the prosecutors in our jurisdiction have acknowledged and realized that the actions by city of police officers are unwarranted um, and abusive and we will uh, continue to assist and engage with Atlanta Solidarity Fund and the brave members of the protest community uh, to ensure that the expansion of the military state, uh, expansion of the police state, um, does not continue to grow forward. I want to be very clear that the actions that we have seen over the past week 
uh, are actions intended to serve as intimidation. They are intended to suppress uh, constitutionally protected speech and they are not genuine efforts as we have heard the police claim to want to engage in. These are not genuine efforts to engage persons who share different opinions. These are acts of authorization. These are acts of aggression uh, intended to quell speech. Um, and it's not anything that uh, my organization and those standing with us um, are gonna stand idly by and accept. We thank you for your time. We're going to hear from May Johnson, a neighbor in the surrounding area here. Hello. I live in the Atlanta forest and I own a home in one of the neighborhoods that we most impacted by Cop City. Today there was an interagency operation led by Atlanta police, seemingly at the behest of Brassfield and Gorey and Ryan Millsap of Black Hall Entertainment. The police raided a growing protest encampment in these woods, training SWAT rifles on environmental activists. This is an attempt to demoralize a vibrant and diverse movement that is led by local community members against the replacement of the largest urban tree canopy in the United States with the largest police training compound in the United States. The proposed site for Cop City is a historical site where human slavery and forced labor camps were used to work the land, following the forced removal of Muscogee people on the Trail of Tears. This land not only is the lungs of Atlanta, due to its ecological, being ecologically critical to the city's survival, it's a site of the scars of Atlanta's past with numerous unmarked graves. All of this police resource mobilization is to bulldoze it over and to construct the $90 million cop city not two years after George Floyd's summary execution by Minneapolis police catalyzed a nationwide historic uprising of 20 million people against militarized police. They are not unaware of these histories. At the last community stakeholders meeting, there's another one tonight, the APF suggested possibly reopening the forced labor camps as gardens on site and staffing them with the children who are imprisoned down the road at the adjacent juvenile jail, essentially revitalizing the Atlanta prison farm model. Today, police attacked protesters in the forest because in the past year, and especially in the past week, hundreds of community members and concerned people have come to this camp and joined together to apply pressure against this project. The police will attempt to depict this movement as a small group of hardline activists. We are not extremists. We're neighbors of the forest, residents of South Atlanta. Most importantly, we are simply intelligent people who know that the future of the world is on fire. And we are determined and willing to organize ourselves and act to defend what remains to sustain life in this city and life on this planet. This forest is a site of migratory wading birds and a place where animals make their homes. Salamanders lay their eggs. This forest is defense against flooding of all the nearby homes across historically black neighborhoods in South Atlanta and Southwest DeKalb. This forest is what prevents the urban heat island effect in Atlanta the way that it does in other cities. This is why the movement has broad popular support from locals and people across the country and world alike. This city, like this world, is only getting hotter, rent is only getting more expensive, and food and gas prices are only rising. The city has no answers for this except for a more militarized police force. But floodwaters do not abide property or jurisdiction lines, and the climate does not obey the police. You can't prop up a free society with violence alone. That is what they're attempting to do with the construction of Cop City. And if we don't want to be ruled over in this society by strong men and bullies who meet behind closed doors and who make deals to deploy tasers and tear gas in order to enforce their control over our bodies, our homes, 
our livelihoods, our children, and the earth, then we must resist this project and all others like it. We must resist the ongoing expansion of the police and their power. We must join together and fight for our home, this forest, and the earth. People worldwide support this movement, and everyone is welcome in this movement. For the last year, the movement has asked that you come to visit the Atlanta forest. Even if you can't come here, anyone can take action to pressure the stakeholders, contractors, and those with the power to stop Cop City. The fight to defend the forest is on many fronts. Please donate to the Atlanta Solidarity Fund. Uh, finally, we'll hear from Amethyst, a movement organizer. I'd like to start out with the land acknowledgement. We are currently on stolen Muscogee land, as well as multiple sites and plantations where people were enslaved. And we have uh, multiple prisons that are less than a mile away from here where people are still wrongfully incarcerated and kept in cages. I'm gonna be sharing a statement from a person who is still in a tree, in a tree house, that they wanted their words to be shared with everyone from one of the last remaining tree houses that the police have not destroyed in solidarity with the protection of this forest. Their words are as follows. The fight continues today in the Wilani forest of so-called Atlanta. Cops have arrested my friends while they were sitting in the parking lot of Entrenchment Creek Park, a public park. Forest defenders tree houses have been completely destroyed. We currently have a forest defender up in a tree and under siege by cops. I am not afraid, I am angry. The police have exhibited their role in the capitalist system. The state's monopoly on physical force and the illusion of legitimacy it must uphold must be abolished. This force does not belong only to the rich and powerful and it never will. When the people speak and their voices aren't heard, we all must act. Even when the people act to defend their lives and the life of the planet, agents of the state are deployed to enforce the decisions of the rich and powerful decisions that are detrimental to life on earth. I write from the top of a water oak in the Wilani forest. We will continue to defend the forest from being destroyed. We're not leaving. Spoken from one of the remaining uh, people uh, defending a tree house in the Wilani forest. Thank you all for being here. Uh, that's effectively everything that we have to say today. Um, I just want to stress that it's clear that the Atlanta Police Department is hoping that through these <laughs> gestures of violence, repression, and intimidation, that this will discourage social movements, that this will discourage people from making their voices heard, from complaining about injustice, from protesting. And in fact, exactly the opposite will happen. Um, and there's a broad community of uh, organizations, neighbors, um, community groups who are dedicated to ensuring that the more this movement is oppressed, the more it grows and the stronger it becomes. Uh, thank you all for coming. I want you to respond. They, they said that you all were throwing Molotov cocktails and rocks at cops. Uh, what's your response to that? I, I don't have any information about that. Gotcha. And, and uh, you said that the police are trying to control the narrative. Uh, why, why do you think that is and why do you think that, um, I mean, I guess, why do you continue your fight? Uh, well, so speaking for the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, mm -hmm. um, it seems clear that uh, Atlanta police have a pattern of using uh, the force that they have available to them uh, as the police. Um, to arrest and persecute political activists. The police obviously are in favor of trying to build Cop City, 
And I think they recognize that they are losing that battle politically because increasing numbers of people throughout the city are coming out against Cop City. It seems clear that the police are resorting to more and more extreme tactics of repression, even illegal tactics of repression, in an effort to suppress that movement. That's, that's my explanation of their motivation. And they pointed out that I guess the majority of the people they arrested today are not from Atlanta or not from Georgia. Um, I guess they're trying to establish that, that these are not locals. Uh, what's your response to them putting out that information? Uh, we don't have any information one way or the other, but I believe that uh, the folks who are involved in jail support um, can confirm that the vast majority of arrests are locals. Um, we obviously we can't disclose specific information. It ain't only people from outside the city. I live 0.4 miles away. That's bananas. I was also arrested, and I I live here, <laughs> so I'm a Georgia resident. Also from Atlanta. The movement is much larger than just Atlanta, but there's a lot of eyes on here. There's forests all over the nation to be protected. For what I've seen, the people who had this up have been from Atlanta, but this issue is far bigger than Atlanta. This issue is a problem that spans this country and this nation. And even as we see with the police making allegations that are unfounded, that over and over again historically have been shown to be proven to be untrue later, uh, we can see that they're not really a trustworthy source because they work for their interests instead of the people's interests. The movement to defend Wilani Forest is one that has many local residents of South Atlanta a part of it. We also have been receiving support from people coming in from out of town to stand in solidarity with us. We have Muscogee uh, allies who have come visited the forest and helped plan a conference to talk about land back and what land rematriation looks like a couple weekends ago. Those folks were coming in from Oklahoma as well as Kansas and uh, across the South. And then we have allies that are coming to support us from across the country. So although we are grounded in what is happening in Atlanta, this police military facility will affect people across the country as it'll be the largest police military facility in the country. And we suspect that police from outside of Atlanta will be training here. So many people are mobilizing from across the country to come support us and we are grounded in the work that local residents have been doing for the past year. I myself am a local resident. I've been involved in this movement since the beginning, and it has been wonderful to see the kind of support that we've been receiving from people traveling to come stand here in support of with us. Thank you. I'll add one thing, uh, additional thing, from a legal perspective. <clears throat> Any contention uh, regarding the residents of any of the arrested protesters um, not residing or being from the Atlanta area is a red herring. It's irrelevant. <laughs> it makes no difference where a person is from when we're talking about the police using violence to bring them under arrest. When we're talking about people who are lawfully within a park being arrested and then charged with being pedestrians in a roadway, it's irrelevant where they're from. The police owe a duty to police fairly and to do so in a safe and uh, considerate manner that ensures the safety of those that they feel that they have the need to police. So to the extent that they have brought that up, I caution everyone to consider the source and the motivations of those people giving that message because they are trying to change the narrative as they've done with so many things concerning the alleged crime wave in the
This has been KiteLine. You can follow KiteLine Radio on all social media platforms. And if you want to financially support our work, you can become a supporter at patreon.com forward slash KiteLine Radio. Any funds raised beyond operating costs will be sent to folks on the inside. Please check out our new searchable website with hundreds of archived shows at kitelineradio.org. After a brief hiatus, we're happy to report that our prisoner call-in phone line is back. Folks on the inside or their outside friends and supporters can call 765-343-6236 to record a message to be played on the air. Please share this number widely and we'll try to answer and air all messages possible. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Thank you for listening.